Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ, and I'm so glad that you have joined us again today as we hopefully will be able to finish up chapter 4 uh, today. But if you remember what we were looking at yesterday, uh, verses 1 through 8, Paul is beginning to address the arrogance of those in Corinth uh, because those in Corinth were looking down upon Paul and Apollos and others because of the persecutions and tribulations that they, of course, were facing. And that's really what he begins to get into, uh, especially in verse 9, where he says, For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men, who are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. Again, some of that... Uh, sarcasm here in verse 10. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless, and we labor working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still, like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things." Paul here really describes a lot of the persecutions that they, the apostles, but as well as other Christians were facing uh, during this time period. And he's drawing this comparison between the sacrifices that they are having to make with the sacrifices that the Corinthians were having to make, which really weren't any at all. As he says there in verse 10, you are held in honor, but we in disrepute, they the church at Corinth was not really facing any persecution at this point. They, as he says, they were being held in honor. They were not facing that opposition from those around them. And Paul is making that point and making that comparison and, and trying to show to them that they were not really being faithful. Because, I mean, if you think about it... Uh, if we're being faithful, then we're going to be facing some sort of persecution. That's what Christ says in Matthew 10 and verse 22. That we'll be hated by all men for his name's sake, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. As Christians, if we are living faithfully, we are going to face persecution. And if we don't face persecution, then that means that most likely there is something that is off about our service to God. And I think that that's the point that Paul is trying to make. And these Corinthians were not, were not living faithfully, but then on top of that, they reviled and looked down upon Paul and others because of the persecution and poverty that they were facing because of their faithfulness. Paul is really showing just kind of how backwards the church in Corinth had become. They weren't sacrificing anything for God. They had become arrogant because perhaps of their spiritual gifts and other things of that nature. And then they were looking down on those who were having to sacrifice, who were being faithful. And Paul says in verse 14, I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. Surely, and I think based upon what we see in 2 Corinthians, surely this brought some shame to them and it caused them to repent. But as he's saying, he, that's not his intention. 
His intention was to admonish them or to warn them, to show them what they were doing was wrong, to try to help them correct it. That's what we're all supposed to do. When we see brothers or sisters living in sin and, and living in a way that's that's going to cause them to lose their souls, to lose that home in heaven, we, we need to admonish them. As Paul talks about, I think it's 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 14, he says to warn the unruly. We need to admonish, we need to, to warn each other when we're doing things that could cause us uh, to go to hell. And as he says, he says, I admonish you as my beloved children. Paul was the one that established this congregation. He, of course, had uh, a great love for them. And he says, I'm admonishing you as my children. He's not writing this just to, to rebuke them. He's not writing this just to make them feel bad for everything that they have done, though that is a result. That's not his, that's not his intention. He's trying to bring them back. He is trying to help them make themselves right with the Lord. And as he continues in this, the rest of this chapter there in verse 15, For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your, your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is why I sent uh, you Timothy my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. Paul is reminding them, you need to change your ways and as he says, be imitators of me. Now anytime I read passages like this, there's another one in chapter 11 and verse 1 where he commands them again to be imitators of him. I often think about the fact how Paul was inspired to write this. That means that God is telling those in Corinth that they need to be more like Paul. Now that really shows me the kind of person Paul was. That really shows me his faithfulness and his dedication and service to God that God is telling us and, and the Corinthians specifically that they need to be more like him. And as he says in chapter 11 and verse 1, to be imitators of him even as he also imitates Christ. It's not because Paul of his own merit is just so wonderful and so great. It's because he is living and serving the Lord. And God is telling these in Corinth and again even you and I today that we need to imitate that as well. And, and so he, as he says in verse 17, he sent Timothy to them to, to try to help them to try to teach them, to encourage them, to build them up, to lead them uh, in the gospel and to correct some of those things so that they could uh, once again be faithful and pleasing to God. Uh, but then as he says in verse 18, he says, Some are arrogant as though I were not coming to you. Apparently there were some within the, the congregation that were saying that Paul was, was never going to come and actually see them, never going to come and actually uh, teach them. Or anything like that. But as he says in verse 19, I will come to you soon if the Lord wills. And I will find out uh, not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. So he's saying it is his plan to come and to, to see them and to teach them. 
and to help them with these things. But again, if the Lord wills, I think about James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Anytime we're making plans, anytime we are, are doing anything like that, always taking into consideration the will of the Lord, and Paul here is doing that very thing. He's saying, I am planning to come to you so long as, as the Lord wills for me to do that. And then he would go and, and continue to teach them. As he says in verse 21, what do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love in a spirit of gentleness? Paul wants them to repent. And basically what he's saying is, are you going to repent or if when I am able, if the Lord wills to come to you, that I'm going to have to come to you with a rod. I'm going to have to correct you. Or would you rather repent and me be able to come with that spirit of love and gentleness? So here in this particular chapter, Paul is, is rebuking them because of their arrogance. Because they were no longer living faithfully to God. Uh, they were no longer facing that opposition from those around them. They had kind of just, just gotten off track. And in fact, as I mentioned earlier, they had kind of, kind of gotten a little backwards because then they were rebuking and looking down upon Paul and others that were in fact living faithfully. And so he is correcting them on that, imploring them to repent and to come back to God. And in chapter 5, which we'll look at chapter 5 starting next week, he addresses, he really, the next few chapters, really starts to address some very serious issues, other issues, uh, that were there within the church at Corinth. But I thank you for your time here today. And as I mentioned, we'll pick up in chapter 5 on Monday. But as always, I hope that this uh, has helped you. I hope that we have, have all perhaps learned and grown from these uh, things. If you have any questions, if you want to study the Bible more, feel free uh, to get in touch with us. And we would love to sit down and do that for you and with you. But thank you so much for your time and for your attention.